Hi everyone, welcome back to the Soldiers of Cinema podcast. I am Cullen McFader, joined as always by Clark Coffey. How are you today? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I am good. I'm excited to discuss our movie today, which but is how excited choice. are you? Quite scale, excited. Scale Quite of one excited. to ten. Scale of one to ten, Cullen. Come on. Uh, let's say a nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if we can get you to a ten by the time mm-hmm. we're done recording. But yeah. so, sorry to interrupt. You were going to tell our audience what film we're going to be discussing today. Yes, we're going not to broadcast that, this worldwide. From the not that the... they haven't already seen the title, read the description. Yeah. They know. But, 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 hey, we got to go through the motions. So mm-hmm. what was my pick this week, dude? Your pick this week was John Carpenter's 1988 oh, uh, what? epic 80, 80 what? Oh, it is 88. Yeah, yeah oh it's my 88. gosh. It's 88. <laughs> I, I was, dude, I was just going to bust your chops. I was going to be like, 88? What are you talking about, 88? You're right. Uh, I'm wrong. They live. They live. Is they the, live. Uh, the title of it. <laughs> After our one minute preamble. After our one minute that. preamble. <laughs> I, dude, I was I was totally going to bust your chops. I, I don't know why, but I had it in my head that it was uh like 86. And I have no oh, idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I had it in my head it was 86. Nope, yep, you're right. 88's John mm-hmm. Carpenter's They Live. Oh, masters! What do these things want, and why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. Blinded us to the truth! Take a look. They are safe. As long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are or where they came from, but we gotta stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them. They're everywhere. They're our owners. We have no other choice. I don't like this one bit. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business. Ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. Control us! You're sending some kind of signals on TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like tattletales. Now we start spilling some blood. Let's go! Push I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick And I'm all out of bubblegum. I know it's like I'm a broken record, but it's always like one of my one of the more enjoyable aspects of our discussions about these films is the generation uh, gap. I don't uh-huh. gap is almost a negative word, but it's the time, the distance between us, right? That that I'm kind of watching these this film when it was released or, or very shortly thereafter, and I'm and and especially this film, I think, as Carpenter has admitted that it was like a, a very specific reaction to a very specific point in time with yeah, Reagan yeah. Uh, in the United States. And so, of course, you weren't around in that time. Now, you're going to tell me in a second, I don't know what you know how old you were and what year it was when you first saw it, but you definitely didn't see it in the United States. Um, no. And you definitely yeah. didn't see it when it was first released. So and I didn't see it when Reagan was president. Either. And you didn't see it when <laughs> Reagan was president. And, and although you would have been impacted by reagan's politics and policies Mm -hmm. you he was never your president so i'm super curious uh about your personal experience uh the first time that you saw the film 
and and now watching it um, for the podcast. So, yeah, I've, so I've, I think I've seen this. I think I've only seen it three times. Um, okay, I don't. I honestly, I don't really remember the first time I watched it. I was in high school. I know that. Yeah. Um, but so I you don't didn't go really... out of your way, right? So if you don't remember the first time, it wasn't like you went to the video store and you were like, no, "Oh, no, I'm yeah. gonna." It, it was like on cable TV or something. Or... I think I think it was. Um, yeah, it was like on AMC or something. Okay, or, or yeah. Spike or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I watched. I remember, and it was early high school. I was probably only in grade nine. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, I remember. I I like liked it it's 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 fun it's exciting yeah. it's got roddy piper wrestler and all that and, <laughs> who is canadian um, yeah saskatoon there you um, go and uh he so he you know he's great in it keith david's great in it yeah um keith is really I great think i actually might have watched it with a friend because keith david is is a also has done a lot of voice acting and he's in yeah. uh a video game series called mass effect which i and a few oh really you're into right in, uh, I middle I school and stuff. I totally so I think, forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. He is in in the Mass Effect series, and he's great. I mean, he has such a wonderful yeah. voice. Yes, yeah, and I think that might have been the one of the connections that I watched it for back okay. then. I saw it and was like, oh, I know, I know, yeah. who David is. But um, yeah, and then I actually coincidentally I watched it almost just exactly a year ago. I rewatched it um, January of last year um and um yeah you know i i love the satire i love political satire and i yeah i love I, and, and i know you you had mentioned earlier on that it was it it, it uh is kind of satirizing or or is an indictment of kind of like the reaganomics and all that and stuff yeah but it's also quite i find relevant still to this day oh yeah, we'll yeah. we're gonna get to details, that but, i don't want um, you to jump ahead yeah. too fast i'm gonna slow you down yes i want to slow you yeah, down yeah no i'm not gonna get into the details I, but but well, it I, is yeah well because i want to i because i want to i want to force you to or try to kind of like uh stimulate your memory for some more details okay mm -hmm. so when you so you said you're about nine uh ninth grade or so and i think that's mm -hmm. probably yeah. about how old i was when i saw it too because it would have come out yeah, in 88 14, i, I, I would have been yeah. 12 i didn't see it at the theater i don't think i don't have a memory of seeing it in the theater so i probably mm -hmm. saw it on I, i'm almost certain i rented it on vhs when you know it came out so that would have been maybe 89 or 90 so i think the first time we saw this film we were almost exactly the same age even though we were in different decades mm -hmm. but yeah. i want to try to like you know put yourself back in that time and i say you do, you said you don't have a great memory of it are there any memories like specific memories that you have did it did it seem cheesy did it was it cool did you laugh at it were you kind of like did did it did it did it kind of were you impressed by its perspective did you think it was naive and cheesy like do you have any kind of memories like that were you like whoa oh wow like you know um you know advertising is like subliminal messages i mean did any of that like do you remember any of your takes on any of that oh yeah yeah i mean i think that those things were all you know growing up with the internet that those things had sort of like come and gone like you were like uh, yeah, Duh. i i had le learned sort of all about that okay. so was, but i i remember i loved the one-liners i thought it was like great for that yeah um, and and i i um you know just the chew bubble gum and kick ass and i'm like that's, that's such a yeah. good line no, I, I mean, we used to always say that to each other me too stuff, yeah but, I, every kid um but uh no the so that then that was kind of one of those things that it was like wasn't super groundbreaking to me just because 
a lot of those conversations were so that was again, so commonplace. There was so much then. discourse about it uh, online and things so, like that. Like I find that so intriguing. Um, and these are things that I think are really fun to explore. You know how this exact same film can mean such different things um, in different times. Now, obviously, like every viewer is going to have a slightly different or potentially radically different uh, experience watching a film. Mm-hmm. Duh. But it's really interesting to just kind of explore how the changing times also impacts films. Cause we you know it's like, I was talking to my wife like a week or so ago and, you know, and I, and, and we were kind of talking about how I always prefer to watch older films. I'm not always, mm-hmm. but, but, but I would say the vast majority of the time I spend watching films is admittedly looking backwards as opposed to like watching things that are in the present. And, mm-hmm. and my wife was kind of questioning me about that. And, and I was like, well, you know, I thought about it for a minute and I, I could give many reasons why that's true for me. But one of them is that I, I feel like cinema is about as close as we can get to time travel. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It. Yeah. Now you can't go forward. Uh, well, sometimes, I mean, maybe in yeah. a fictional There's sense with science fiction. Yeah. 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 But, but it's, it's like this, they're time capsules. Every film is a time capsule of its era in some way. And it's, you know, in the literal sense, you can like watch and listen to people who have long passed away. You, you're you watching different fashion, different culture, different. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's like and I'm so endlessly entertained um, by by that kind of time capsule quality of films. And yeah. it, it's just amazing to me to kind of compare and contrast where we are today and these little slices of time, these perfect little slices of time in the past. And, you know, so it's so interesting. So you watch this film. You've grown up with the Internet. Of course, when I saw this film, a regular person would not have had any access to the Internet. I didn't have mm-hmm. access to the Internet until, I think, uh, probably 94, I guess, would have been 95, 94, when I was a freshman in college is when I would have first started to have access to the Internet. And then it was like FTTP, Gopher, like almost no images there wasn't any kind of very limited search functionality there was you know i mean it was not graphics based you know you know what i mean it was just super rudimentary like netscape had just come out mm-hmm. and so these kind of things to the average person back then was not you wouldn't see this all over the place and and admittedly i was young when i saw it but i was blown away I personally like I was like whoa you know <laughs> yeah yeah I was like and and I feel like the the film is so simplistic that it 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 does really work at that young age I mean you know mm-hmm. so so let's so let's jump forward then so d- did you rewatch it recently for the podcast then yes yeah so I watched it last night and then um, what, so what's your thought now as a as well, a as a young adult, you know, 2020, what is it? 2023? Jeez. Like what were, what were your thoughts now about what the, like the construction of the film, the quality of the film, the watchability, you know, what it says, like, what were your thoughts now then? Yeah. Well, one thing I do will quickly add, um, about my childhood too, is that, so like, I just, I just thought of this, that, um, you know, cause we were talking about Reagan and things like that. Well, cause yeah. I was, you know, I grew up during, I'm not American, but I grew up during the Bush years, the Bush Jr. Okay. Um, and so when, wait, things, W? You know, w. Yeah. Yeah. We call oh, yeah. him W down here in uh, the States. Oh, okay. You, yeah, you yeah, call him yeah. Junior up there in Canada. W. That's much more, uh, that's much more respectful. That's much more respectful. <laughs> okay. Um, but we, yeah, we, um, so I, you know, the Patriot Act and things like that. And, right. 
and the kind of in, insanity of those that decade, the two thousands yeah. to you know twenty ten, which yes. never really ended. But um, you know, so growing up during that again, I think that was sort of my link into that was, it was was yeah, seeing that, all that sort of stuff. That was and, the and context, yeah. Ultimately, you know, again, also when we talk about things like Reaganomics, you know, they ultimately continued. Yes, to this day. In a lot of ways to this, to this day. day. So, yes. so all the things about, you know, consumerism and, you know, materialism, sleeping consumption. You're, exactly. Yeah. It's all it's all still quite um, there. But so, yeah, in terms of my, my kind of a year ago and then today, I kind of had a very similar reactions watching it. Yeah. Um, which is that I love the first act. Uh-huh. And I, I like the movie a lot. I mean, Which is slower than I remember it. Yeah, yeah. So it takes him longer let's, to so get. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like it's like actually a pretty meandering film there, and and it yes, which, which yeah. is because because basically our our lead character, which I love his his name is Nada, and I don't think we ever hear his name spoken. No, in it's the just film. the credited. Yeah, but in the yeah. credits, his name's Nada, which I think mm-hmm. is pulled from that the short story and the graphic yeah. novel that the that the that uh, Carpenter you know bought and used roughly to write the script from but yeah mm-hmm. you know not a roddy roddy piper's character is kind of meandering and wondering yes. he's like this day yeah. laborer and he's just walking kind of from place to place in la mm-hmm. but it's it's much slower than i remember you know yeah and so i think that's that's i think if there was one major complaint i had about the movie yeah it's and and i felt this when i watched it last year and i felt it you know last night as well but the the thing that I always find is that it's it's got this great build up. It's got this great kind of like peeling back the layers of, yeah. of like, okay, what's going on in this church? Oh, it's yeah. a tape recording. What's with these transmissions? Blah blah blah. Right. Good and setup. Then he gets the glasses. Yep. And I think it's like within like three minutes of putting on the glasses, he's at the bank shooting <laughs> up the bank. Blowing people away. And it goes I... and it suddenly moves at light speed, and yeah. then it just stops. And I find that it's almost like because they did what i don't know why they did it so fast but they do that sequence of him putting on the glasses and figuring everything out so quickly yeah that the next like 30 minutes of the movie it feels like they don't really know what to do with it yeah yeah and it yeah. kind of like drops off for a minute and it's like okay he goes to i gotta um, agree i gotta yeah, agree so it, it's kind of oddly like i don't know what the maybe it was just a matter of writing i don't know what if there was an, an well it's definitely in the writing or, yeah i mean yeah, it's definitely yeah. in the writing and and so you know it, it uh you're it, it is an extremely simple film so first you know the, the story it's it makes sense that this comes from a short film or kind of like a short you know it wasn't like i don't think this graphic novel was like a 200 page you know it was like a no i think it was in a magazine it was like literally was like a, a a short comic that was in an anthology of other comics or in a magazine yeah. or something so yeah. i mean what you've got here is really a concept right you have a concept it's you know uh we're living in the you know the aliens have infiltrated humanity and they've taken over in the highest positions and there's a tiny rebellion like a a rebellion group that has accidentally stumbled upon a way to see them with these specially formulated glasses and it Mm -hmm. shows you all you know you can see through all the subliminal messaging and programming that's being beamed down Mm -hmm. and it's a great Mm -hmm. it's a great setup it's a it's it's a really fun setup, and I think especially back then, um, and it really harkens back to, I think, you know, the 50s um, alien films, kind of uh, 
these paranoia body snatcher you know the the day the earth stood still kind of twilight zone i mean Mm -hmm. you know these wonderful 50s genre b pictures uh there's a kind of like a combination of science fiction and horror they were wonderful and then we kind of get to a place especially with in the 70s and 80s where aliens are happy and and they're helping us you know like um you know uh, Close Encounters of the Third Time Kind and E.T. Mm-hmm. You know, so Spielberg has a big role in this, and now we have like Happy, Lovable, you know, uh, well-intended aliens, and so I I like that Carpenter goes back to using aliens as as to kind of represent some nastiness in humanity, mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, I mean, I think the concept's great, but the but the story that we move that that kind of flows forth from that concept's pretty thin. I mean, yeah, yeah, and, and it, well, it's, it's interesting also because like the aliens are, for the most part, sort of like, not benevolent, but they're they're like they say where it's like we're we're their third world, and so you just kind of have like you well, it's don't colonialism. have obviously. Yeah, yeah, and, and so you don't have this, you know, I am Zolord, and I'm, you know, grinding yeah. up humans and putting them into Salent Green and all that, or Soylent Green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you, so you don't have anything like that. You just kind of have this, like, you know, the the second, I want to say the second half of the movie is just kind of them running into different places with machine guns and, like, Well, let's talk, I mean, I want to talk so. about that, because it's, you know, we've got this great setup. Let's walk through it. So mm-hmm. we, like, yeah. take our time. So we, you know, it's great. I mean, right, we... We open up on a really un- beautifully photographed in Los Angeles in the 80s yeah, and the yeah. mid to late 80s, which I think, and the photography, I think, looks great in these landscapes and these urban landscapes. Mm-hmm. So I think it's by far and away the best photography of the film. Um, once we get into interiors, um, I think it really, you know, the budget restraints, constraints really show. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but we've got this really beautiful photography, and we're introduced to our our main character, and I think Rowdy Piper does a great job representing mm-hmm. it in every man, um, you know, and he's he's just on the move. We don't know what happened to him, but here he is, and we really quickly find out, you know, that that work's hard to come by, that poverty is prevalent, that you know, mm-hmm. we get it really quick, and. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's he's trying to find work and he he lands on a like a construction site. He meets um, Keith David's character and Keith is just fantastic in this. And Keith takes him to a basically like an an encampment, like a tent city. And which which interestingly, of course, in Los Angeles are extremely prevalent now. And in many, many Mm -hmm. cities, most, if not all cities in the United States now, this is extremely prevalent. So Mm -hmm. speaking of still having relevance today wow i mean if you went to la today you would see encampments like that uh, oh yeah. yeah absolutely um and and then and then under it, the freeways it, and all that yeah. under the freeways and then we've got him you know uh there's the church across the street and he's kind of like what's going on at the church and we've got this uh this preacher outside and 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 uh, we're kind of starting to hint that maybe there's a little bit of a resistance there. What's going on, you know? And it peaks, yeah. peaks not his interest. And, you know, I and love... the police are always kind of harassing the priest guy, too. And, yeah, know. yep, 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 right, sure. And um, I love that you've got... And, and honestly, I think maybe my favorite performance in the film is actually uh, George Buck Flower, who plays mm-hmm. that drifter. And, you know, so we're, we're, there's an, you know, evening where they're sitting around watching TV at the encampment and 
the broadcast is interrupted, right? There's like a, a pirate broadcast that has mm-hmm. interrupted. And, we, you know, so this is where we first kind of get this, okay, whoa, you know, there's like a resistance for something, you know, and they're talking about, you know, interrupting the transmission and, you know, they're beaming, you know. So we kind of get a little bit of a hint of mm-hmm. that. And I think this setup is great, right? This is like... Yeah, the setup's said, fantastic. Yeah. The setup is fantastic. We're being like, you know, slowly introduced to this world, slowly introduced to these characters. It's totally relatable. And and then I think, you know, once, you know, uh, Nada goes into the church, he kind of discovers, ultimately he discovers the glasses. He's like, mm-hmm. really? This is what it was all about? Because the, the encampment gets attacked, like helicopters and bulldozers, and you know they yeah, level they the encampment. Police raid on the church and all they, that. Yeah. yeah, they run everybody out. They burn the church out. I mean, it's this, you know, just like huge, practically like military operation where they devastate the whole area, right? And Rowdy, Rowdy's care not as like what? What in the hell? All of this was for what? And so he goes mm-hmm. back and he grabs a box of and he opens them up and they're sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and I love it. Like I love all of that, right? I love that. Mm-hmm. I love and and now it's easy to take for granted now. But if you if you had never seen the film, right, and you didn't know what it was about, and and you're watching it, you've got this really great, realistic, grounded buildup. And you've got the box that everybody's fussing over is filled with sunglasses. I mean, to me, I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like one of those great, mo- like, it's like, it reminds me of when they opened the Ark in Raiders and it's just sand. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 know, yeah. It's like the same thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I love it. Yeah. And and then, but then you're right. And then we have a big shift. We have a big shift in pacing and and it doesn't always work great for the film, I don't think. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, we he he puts on the glasses and he has you know and and i think it's a really fun scene i mean the the scene itself where he's kind of discovering right he puts on the glasses oh, it's great. Yeah, and yeah. the billboards and magazines and product labels and everything and he starts insulting them and all. <laughs> is you know and it takes him a minute i mean he's like what what you know and, and you've got these really beautiful matte paintings of the entire city and billboards mm-hmm. and they go to black and white to kind of illustrate you're looking through the glasses. And I think all of that's yeah, it's done very stark. Yeah. Really well. I mean, especially at the budget, right? Yeah. It's done really well. And again, easy to take for granted now, but I think, you know, if you put yourself back then pre-internet, you're watching this, it was kind of like an aha moment. You're like, Oh, Whoa. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it just works so well as a visual concept and they execute yeah. it so well, but then it's like, we go from that to like he's shooting police officers. He like goes into a bank and starts blowing people away. Now, not people, mm-hmm. the aliens. So let's be yeah. clear. You know, he never he never like shoots at a human, mm-hmm. but you know, goes into the grocery store and he's like insulting the you know the the aliens who look like humans it's to where everybody else. The greatest else. line in the movie is yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, give it to us. Oh, he goes in and says, "I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass." In the and bank, I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> in the bank, <laughs> and, right, right. Yeah, and I love, and I, but that's what's funny is that that line always appeared in like on in the early days of YouTube when it was just like top ten badass movie yeah. lines and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And we're all this Microsoft with like movie maker, you know, blue background well, with the white text, and those were always in it. And so I think before I had ever seen it. I always expected that to be like the big climax of the movie. Mm. And then when you see it for the first time and knowing that scene is in the movie, you're kind of like, whoa, this is early. Like this yeah. really happens. Yeah. This is fast. just, this is just like beginning of second act. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, um, 
uh, oh, but a fun little piece of trivia. I actually didn't know this until I listened to the commentary track that Rowdy Roddy Piper actually ad-libbed that line. That's his. Oh, he really? wrote it. So Car- Carpenter <laughs> I mean, did... that makes sense because like those wrestlers all had great, you well, know, they all had their fantastical th- canned lines, right? Well, I think that was actually, if I'm not mistaken, that's actually kind of how that worked. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when they when Carpenter was working with Piper um, in preparation for the role, Piper was like, hey, I've got like all these, you know, as part of my wrestling, right? I've got all these lines I've been writing down. I got like this notebook of just, you know, of all these great lines. Mm-hmm. And he shared them with Carpenter and that one stood out and Carpenter's like, oh yeah, that's great. Like you got to use that. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. use that. That's wonderful. So, and he has a few more too. Like they're, they're all sprinkled throughout the movie and they're and, all great. And, and also too, like just for younger audiences, you know, or if, if, or if it wasn't your cup of tea, this genre of films in the eighties, I mean the eighties, this was like the decade for like action one-liners right it's like it's what made arnold schwarzenegger and sly stone and like you know all these huge movie stars all these action movies like that's just like that was the style then it was like you had these great one-liners you know uh and that's just how films were back then (laughs) yeah no and it's great and roddy piper is like fantastic i mean he's he's so good in this um, can, can you even think of a film that. like do they still do that is are one-liners even really a thing that outside of do? like james bond not really but that's also just because james bond is that's his shtick right? well he's that's... got the one line kind of right he's got you yeah. know i mean there's they always kind of like pay homage to bond films past by trying yeah. to do like shaken not stirred or john you know bond or you james know he'll bond. like someone gets electrocuted it's shocking you know? <laughs> do they <laughs> even do that thing. though do they still they do, do a little bit i mean they think okay. the craig era really pulled it back but yeah the, yeah because that's I think what they, i thought they still do kind of like lean into them sometimes and do a little yeah work, but but it's kind but, of gone um, to the wayside right like doing yeah, one-liners has yeah. kind of gone to the wayside and it is but i it is I, a sadness I, I, yeah and I, I i do think it's funny though just with this this movie like you were you were saying um before was that you know, if you compare this to, say, another kind of, like, the world is not as it seems kind of, you yeah. know, fun movie like that, like The Matrix, for example. Well, I think that this you this, know. Pre- this kind of informs The Matrix, right? Yes, yeah, this but you defi- look at that, you look at the, the way that The Matrix kind of paces itself, mm-hmm. and it's like, so there's this, you know, very similar in terms of, like, a first act. You know, you've right. got a completely naive main character who yeah. is kind of brought into this resistance and the resistance is very clearly outgunned and outmanned and they're very small mm-hmm. and you kind of reveal all these things about the world and like, okay, this is what the world really looks like, blah, blah, blah. And you kind of have this reveal. What I think the reason that this movie feels sort of oddly paced and oddly structured is because, you know, the matrix kind of takes the more traditional route, which is that you, you've got like the, the Campbell, journey of the hero hero of the hero's journey mm-hmm. where you've got like kind of this initial refusal and then yep. you've got to learn how to take this world on you've right. got to learn all this stuff and then you and then you come back for the big third yeah. act you know yeah climax whereas what this movie does is it kind of skips all the refusal <laughs> like he puts on the sunglasses and just immediately starts blowing people well, not obviously immediately I mean, well, funny pretty, no but pretty darn there. close pretty darn but close. exactly I, it's like i i do think it's about i think i timed it last night and it's like three and a half minutes between I mean, the he, first time he puts the sunglasses on and he's shooting people yeah, yeah yeah i mean he literally goes right it's like puts on the glasses he kind of it we only spend a minute kind of letting the audience and him experience like well, not only are these subliminal messages, but there are aliens. There's like, mm-hmm. you know, look like humans to, to everybody else, but they, they're alien or something. I mean, they don't even know if they say aliens. You don't confirm yeah. that until we get to the transport room. 
but okay, something. And then it's like, boom, now he's in a supermarket, right? And he's like, you know, he's ridiculing an alien woman who happens to yeah. look like a really wealthy woman. <laughs> You're all right. This one, this one is yeah. Oh my god! Uh, and his one. lines. What were his lines? It's like this one looks like her head fell into the cheese dip in 1950s yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. Formaldehyde, <laughs> formaldehyde face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so good. Dude, when yeah. you're a 12 year old boy in the 80s, like it just doesn't get better than formaldehyde yeah. face. Like yeah. it, it just doesn't. Um, but then, you know, and, and then this is when we kind of learned that the wristwatches are, you know, that they wear are kind of communication and then slash teleport devices. So yeah, she, she yeah. phones them in, you know, she's like, we got one who can see. And then the mm -hmm. next thing you know, right. Um, where he's what's, blasting people away. But what, well, <laughs> well the first, he, yeah, cause the, the first well, thing wait. that happens is the cops corner him in the alley. Now, does he go into the bank? Refresh my memory. Does he go into the bank before the police or after? No, 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 because he gets the shotgun from the police car. That's right. And then he goes in the bank. That's so he kind right. Of loads yeah, so up he, with all the stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he. Yeah. So he. Yeah. So he's. He's. You know. So she called the the lady, the the wealthy alien in the supermarket calls calls in the cops. The cops come in. Of course, they're mm -hmm. aliens. He can see him now. Right. You know, they're gonna take him in. Nope. He's not having it. Boom. You know, punches him out. Grabs the pistol kills both of them presumably yeah. we assume they're killed because he even you know it's like we have a little exposition there it's like oh they die just like humans you know yeah, yeah. and and then now we're off and running you know yeah and we're but that's, and the that's what's odd though is that it goes the, <laughs> the bank scene happens and then he flees and there's kind of a little bit more action well he goes he to the woman's with, house right he, yeah he and, the, and then it and then it just kind of again it it's like suddenly it's, it's meandering pacing. again well, like it, it's like it goes from that to then he's in the woman's house. They have this long conversation, and then there's a little bit of action again when she pushes him out the window. But then he meets up with Roddy Piper. Yep. Or not, right? Sorry, yeah, Keith David. He meets and up then, back up. He meets back now, and then yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. let's back up for so a couple of things. Well, I mean, it it does. It feels like the you know going to the 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 producer. I think isn't she a producer? Meg Foster's character, Holly Thompson. Yeah, like a television. Is like a television producer, right? Yeah. So okay, she represents the mass media right but she's human mm -hmm. and so you know uh nada thinks okay maybe you know uh this is an in you know she, she's not she's not one of them she's mm -hmm. in the media and wow meg foster's eyes are are almost a special effect in and of themselves they are so yeah they're the contacts or what? they are yeah. not those are her yeah. real eyes are, okay they are yeah. some of the most pale blue eyes you will ever see on yeah. a human being and it does, I mean, literally it does. It looks like they're like is, turquoise almost. Yeah. It, it is really distinctive and which was a really interesting casting choice, I think, because it's like she's not an alien, right? She is human in the film, but it's almost like her eyes make her alien in she a way. She kind of looks like she's being altered in some form, well, right? And, like, and, you know, it kind of gives her this feeling. It does. Like, and, then it, and then this was not, to my understanding, this wasn't on purpose, but in the commentary track or the making some making of doc, I forget exactly what it was. I saw, I think it was in a making of doc. Um, I think it was the DP talks about uh, Gary. Is it Kibby or Kib? Um, mm -hmm. The DP talks about how, you know, super low budget. We're talking about a three to $4 million movie here. They don't have a ton of time. How um, Meg Foster's makeup was done in a way that affected the color timing. It threw things off. And so they uh, it, it, that she had like a green tint, mm -hmm. and he didn't go into details about it, you know exactly how this came to pass. But in a nutshell, they had to try to 
time her specifically in her shots to remove the green tint from her face. So right. if you look at the film closely, her makeup does look strange. It, she almost looks like too pale. Like the makeup mm-hmm, isn't mm-hmm. isn't properly tonally matched to her skin tone. So she has like this strange makeup thing going on, plus mm-hmm. these really, you know, abnormally pale blue eyes. And it just gives her and you know such a distinct, strange look. She almost does look alien like she's been snatched you know by yeah, the body snatchers yeah. in a way um but yeah she tosses them out the <laughs> yeah she pushes she them just, out the window she and just then... throws them out the window it's like okay well i guess i'll just be moving on you know and now one thing that i'm that i i am always trying to figure out the intention of is so when because she calls the police after she throws them out the window mm-hmm is the implication there that we are supposed to know that she's bad when she shows up at the, well, see, um, I don't think we are. So I don't. So I, uh, yeah, like we're supposed to think that she's turned again, like that when she shows up at the meeting, that she's like, kind of like, okay, you know what I am, and I'm I, okay. yeah, no, I, I was, th- I was always a little bit confused as to yeah. whether or not she's supposed to be, like, we're supposed to be like, we're oh, supposed is to, she, no, I she's think, here, I, no, I think yeah. it's, it, it's supposed to be a shock whenever, yeah, yeah. whenever she ends up turning, um, mm-hmm. like full blown. But yes, I, I I think that's the idea, right? And and of course, you know, kind of thematically, Carpenter is saying, well, well, look, it's like you know, the regular person can be co-opted by the powerful and used mm-hmm. as their tool, even though they themselves are not the in group kind. You know that you can be yeah. co-opted. You can the, be the scabs, so right? So, yeah, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, but you're right. It's just you know. So now it's like in, within an instant, you know, he's a refuge fugitive from the law. He's killed aliens. He's you know. <clears throat> then he gets back to Keith David, uh, his his character Frank Armitage, and um, then you've got in its time in that era one of the most like celebrated, awesome, like five and a half minute long fist fights oh, in it any is so movie good. ever. Yeah. It's and like, it just keeps, it's like not even in a bad way, but it just, no, comedically. I love how the amount of times that they're like on the ground out of breath and then yeah. they get up and they sort of say yeah. a few words to each other and then just keep fighting. And it's like, it's, I, it's such a great laugh and it's very clearly intentionally, you know, it's, it's funny it, that in that way, but uh, I feel like it's, it's one of the bright spots of the film for sure. You know, oh, yeah. along yeah. with kind of the concept in general, it's such a bright spot. I think both yeah. actors are fantastic. You know, if, if you're a wrestling fan, uh, if if you know anything about it, to have Piper's character Nada kind of do some wrestling moves and kind of put mm-hmm. that into the performance, I think is a really fun homage and a, and a and a nod to his real life experience or his other character, I guess you could say, right? His mm-hmm. other character as a wrestler. Um, but back then, I mean, it was like there's no kung fu, there's no fancy moves, there's no. It's just like a five and a half minute long fist fight. Just yeah, and it's just each, brutal. Just brutal. And I, oh my, one of my favorite parts in it is when he swings the the two by four at the car window, and then is like, and, hey, I'm, I'm like, sorry, oh, I'm man. so sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, and, and then and then and then he smashes Keith David smashes the glass and it, or the bottle, the glass bottle, and it completely breaks. And then yeah. Roddy Piper just laughs at him. And, I, no, it's I, great. I and I think that's what gives that what what makes that fight so fun. I mean, one, it's it's so over the top in its duration and. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's almost kind of like making fun of action films of its era, right? Yeah. That would have been contemporary in that moment. Um, 
But I think you have two you have two actors, two characters that they don't really want to beat each other up. You know, no, it's no. it's it's and I think it's a really fun twist on this. You know, Nada is trying to help Frank. Like yeah. I I I just have put to on sh- the sunglasses. I have <laughs> to show you this. And, yeah. you know, from kind of like a, a thematic kind of narrative perspective, it's it does a great job of kind of illustrating how hard that can be to wake somebody up out of out of kind of a delusion, right? Mm-hmm. That you mm-hmm. almost have to like smack some sense into them sometimes to kind of stop them for a minute and and take a beat and realize, holy crap, you know, you've kind of been living in this delusion. So mm-hmm. I think it works thematically really well. I think they it's acted and performed really well. And even the choreography, although it's quote unquote a simple fight and that it isn't kung fu or you know yeah there's no backflips and it's it's still so well done oh it's great yeah it's so well done so that's what i mean and i I, you know it kind of leans into it too like it's so great that yeah even in the moments when you can see them you know tossing each other on the ground and you definitely can see the mats Uh uh that are making up the room it's like still (laughs) you don't care such a charm to it yeah Yeah, exactly yeah you absolutely don't care yeah um but then of course you know finally you know not a wins out Frank mm-hmm. puts on the glasses and now it's like Frank is like it's just as quickly like he's in it too, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. like we hear that Frank has a family. Then you never hear about them again. But then this. but then but then it's not like, oh crap, I need to go home and be with yeah. my family or save my kids or do it, it, it's just like, yeah. nope, nope. We're, all right, boom, we're we're in it. You know, it's like the film does not waste any time with nuance or complexity. That no, is no. for sure. <laughs> and and that's again, that's like kind of the, the charm. It's it's yeah, it just is so simple and yeah. kind of knows exactly where it wants to go. Um and it's going to go exactly there doesn't come yeah. hell or high water. It's like yeah. I, I don't care if it doesn't make sense. I don't care if this is And you it's know, not I mean in what is it's only an hour and thirty, I think. Yeah. Um, pretty much on the dot. Yeah. Um so yeah, no, and, and then of course you get the the I, I always love how you've got this revolutionary meeting that they have and oh and there's no a, no like the it's so awesome that they go you know they I, I i how is it isn't it that they like they 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 they're able to obtain one of the portate the teleportation watch things, yes the, yeah. the portal creating watches right so oh yeah and now you know it's like they they get some contact lenses so they don't have to wear glasses anymore now they yeah. just so mm-hmm. now we no longer have to worry about it kind of you know, from a logistic practical standpoint, and now they no longer have to. The glasses. They no longer have to, you know, cover their face with sunglasses mm-hmm. for the film. We can see their eyes. They've got contacts in. I kind of, I always thought mm-hmm. that was kind of funny. It's like, okay, crap. Yeah. We've written ourselves into a corner where we have to have our characters cover their eyes when they're on camera all the time. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Let's give them contacts. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I love it, and, and 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 so they go to you know like what the 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 quote unquote you know the the smoke filled room where all of the rich and powerful are deciding yes, the yeah. fate of everyone else, and, and I it love looks it. like one of those like you know White House correspondence dinners. To- right? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Looks like a White House correspondence dinner. Like you couldn't yeah. have said it better. And I love how these guys just walking around like nobody says anything in you know, their in their you know plaid 
shirts filthy. And all that they're and filthy yeah. they're like they have like these construct like yeah flannel shirts and like carhartt yeah. pants and, and aren't they still carrying like rifles or something at this point like assault rifles i can't yeah remember. i can't remember if they've got the assault rifles or if they've just got the pistols the but pistol. they're definitely they've they're armed they're armed for sure and, yeah. and and it's like you know hey hey these aliens they can traverse the expanses of time and space in the universe but mm-hmm. they can't tell if a couple dudes with guns are like just walking around right under their nose. I love that. Yeah. And yeah. and but uh, and then we learn like one of the things that I think is like is actually quite charming and pretty fun little uh, point in the movie, especially you go all the way back to the mid '80s, is that we learn that the aliens are actually purposely changing the climate of Earth, so global mm-hmm. warming is specifically to make the climate of Earth more habitable adaptable to them uh, to them i was like i had forgotten that from whenever i had you know originally seen it you know as a kid i just didn't even you know kind of register but i was like oh that's cute i like that Mm -hmm. little touch this is this film's like a little ahead of its time you know well and again i like how i love how how like how benign it all is too that again like they're like hey you guys made it in too and it's like hey it's just (laughs) business you know we're not we're not trying to like you know we're no, not that ripping you apart. We're just we're just commodifying you. <laughs> that well, that's that's uh, that's George Buck Flower again, right? So he's yes, been yeah. co-opted now. And and you talked about the Matrix earlier, right? We have this exact exact character in the Matrix. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've got this scene where he's eating a steak, and he's like, "I know it's not real, but this is you know." This I want to forget. Yeah I, yeah. I just like this is you know. And so here we've got uh, the the character of the Drifter. We mm-hmm. see him, he's, you know, watching TV, he's in the homeless encampment, and now he's, like, dressed up, looking great, his hair spiffy, and he's like, hey, it's just business, man, you know, it's like, don't you want to be on the winning team? I mean, this is mm-hmm. great, let me let me show you guys around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just it, revealing everything to them. He's you like, know, hey, the, you know, hey, yeah. hey, this is where the aliens go back and forth to their home planet, man. Check yeah. that out. Yeah. Hey, look at that. You know, I, it, it, the film is made with like a night. I don't, and I do not mean this in a negative way, but there is almost like this naivete, this like level of simplicity, yeah. where that you have to be charmed by it like i feel like yeah. you just have to be charmed well, by and, it and that's what's so funny is that it, not that it drops the satire in the in the like third act kind of big climactic yeah you know action scene but it really by the time they're running through that building blasting everyone everybody away, yeah. all the guards are chasing them it could be about anything at that point you know like the only thing that matters is that there's something they've got to destroy yeah, on the yeah, roof and yeah, that's like there's there's no more like you know it, it political satire really and it's just kind of they're just you they're know, just blowing their whole goal is just to get exactly exactly well and that's what i mean is that if you know so when i was watching it last night and like i said it had been quite a while since i'd seen it you know i i started to think about how differently this subject matter would be approached today mm-hmm. and i imagine now it's like if you had this concept a a it wouldn't be a movie it would be a tv series it'd be some kind of st- streaming series right and you'd have a minimum of like 10 hours and, you know, you you would spend the first like at least the entire first episode, an hour just getting to the point where you might start to reveal the mm-hmm. the whole gist, which is that there's an alien uh, life that has invaded the higher rankings of humans and mm-hmm. is, you know, sp- spreading subliminal messages 
it would take at least an episode, maybe three or four, right? You had to have like a whole host of characters. Like there'd be an ensemble cast, be like mm-hmm. five or six You'd or seven. You'd have to introduce all of You'd them. You'd introduce, and, and they'd be like all spread around the world. There'd be like a family in uh, Indiana. There'd be like a businesswoman in India. There'd be a, you know what I mean? And each mm-hmm. person would be like stumbling upon a different piece of the you know puzzle and it would be really and, really self serious and it would be super <laughs> and it would and it would be super serious and it would be super yeah. nuanced and it would be like you know every tiny little you know it just i mean it would go on well it's and, funny cuz there there's actually a, a similar it's like an act i don't know if you ever i didn't finish it cuz i didn't like it much but the the show that was on amazon called um it was the uh, the man in the high castle. I did not um, finish it. I started so it, it and I yeah, lasted like an too. episode or two. Yeah, yeah, and but it's it's exactly what you're talking about. Where it's like you've got this very it's Philip K. Dick, very very yeah. fascinating and, and intriguing. Yep. high plot, concept. A high concept. Is, it's a, yep, it's about the you know the the Axis powers won World War Two and they're yep. you know taking over and all that and or not taking over. They have taken over. They run the world. They won. But then yeah. you of course find out that there's this kind of like alternate dimension element to it where they they discover but exactly it takes like four episodes to get there and it's like keeps, the first yeah. three episodes are just you know oh i'm yep. here with my family we're struggling and and oh we've got to get to this other town on via this car milking it okay and now we're gonna it, find out very, very slight it. secret about it and it's like what does this tape mean and it's always ending on a cliffhanger whereas this movie throws out all of that of course it's not a television show but you know, but but it but he, I think it really illustrates though like the diff like a difference in you know kind of how people create and consume stories and I don't yeah, think yeah. you know I think that we got up our own butts in mm-hmm. in some ways about how we tell stories in this industry so you know we have like the quote unquote like you know the second like coming of television right that was ushered in with Mad Men well Sopranos The Wire Mad Men. Breaking Bad, we have this, you know, the kind of like second golden era. And I feel like, and that those shows were wonderful, right? All of those shows were fantastic. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know, but I think we have gone so far to the other side where now we have, like, like the way we're describing, it's like, so uh, there's a couple episodes now released on HBO based on a video game by Sony. No, The Last of Us. The Last yeah. of Us. Okay. Yeah. And it's the same kind of thing. It's a high concept. It's okay, zombies. It's it's zombies this time with mm-hmm. fungus. Okay, so yeah. a fungus has invaded the world and has taken over, decimated the uh, human civilization, and is controlling people with turned them into zombies with fungus. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. And now, I've watched the first two episodes. I don't know if I'm going to watch any more because by the end of the second episode, I'm just like it's a it. They are milking. Every yeah. No, I, I watched the first tiny, two as well, and, and I'm just like, you know, there's only so much story here, guys. More is yeah, not the entire, always better. The, the entire second episode is them, I think, making it about a hundred feet. Yes, yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> I mean, you know, if we keep going this direction, we're gonna have like an entire hour long episode about somebody getting out of bed and going to take a piss in the bathroom. I mean, yeah. it's you know, what I love about cinema, about film is that it demands an efficiency and compactness yeah. of storytelling. Exactly. Now, I'm not saying I don't like TV. There are there are many television shows that I love, but I think sometimes mm-hmm. we have just gone too dang far. Well, and the television shows that I love are the ones that, that really lean into the fact that they're television. You know, I think that that's the thing about... Um, I know we're getting a little bit off topic here, but I, I, but I know that's the thing about 
a lot of things like again like the last of us or the man in high castle where it's like they almost want to be movies over 10 episodes that's what and it so wants. they so they're that's stretching it, out every a, little moment a, and so it's like rather than something you know i love the x-files and the x-files is so cheesy and so silly and yeah. because they're one and dones you've got a you know they've got yep, yep. 40 minutes to get an yep. entire three-act structure out and so they're they're it's an efficiency so like that it's an but efficiency of storytelling too, yes yeah exactly and, and another thing too that i i think is kind of funny is we of course we compared this to the first matrix um i almost find too that the the uh like composure and the the uh feel of they live is sort of in a lot of ways similar to the fourth matrix that just came out which i know a lot of people kind of crapped on and, and didn't yeah. like but i thought it was really funny because it just so clearly did not take itself seriously yeah like it was a complete departure from the other three in that and i i like the other three as well but okay but it was so so much of a departure where you know the the, the fourth matrix was a resurrection no uh was it resurrections yeah I, hell if um, i know and it's like it's just so silly and very clear that i think it was just lana wachowski that i don't think lily came back for but um, i think you're right yeah she really did not want to make this movie and the studio was like <laughs> there's literally a line in the movie where the studio is is looking at keanu reeves who designs this matrix game and they're like hey we're gonna make it with or without you and she's so clearly yeah. like making fun of it and then yeah, yeah the studio yeah. and well, so there's almost that kind of feel to they live where it's just you know it doesn't take itself super seriously but it, at the same time it does effectively deliver this satirical it does and, message right and i guess that's where you know to take it full circle i guess i was just like you know when you watch the film and you see how sim simple it is now again I'm not, I'm not saying that you know for a film to be a great film it just needs to be simple that's not what i'm saying at all but there is this charm to hey it's a, this is a story guys I don't have to think of every single tiny little, you know, and, and thing and shove it all into this 90 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. And and it can be kind of entertaining and it, it has kind of a little bit of, you know, it has a, an interesting concept and I think it like delivers its satire effectively in that first act primarily, the first and second act. Um, and then it kind of delivers a payoff of action, you know, and boom. Um, but, but I guess it's just... I, I think we've we have swung so far to the other side where everything is so serious and everything is so, you know, it's like, you know, character like I said, you know, I walked from the bed to the bathroom and peed mm -hmm. and then I've got to make an hour long episode out of that and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't take it. And you I have a hunch. It, I have a hunch, mark my words here. I'm going to have a prediction. Okay? So let's see, you know, it's 12:35 in the afternoon on January 26th here, we're recording. But I think we're going to have like a little bit of a shift back. I think there's so much content that we're overwhelmed by it, number one. there's And I think the economics of it, people have found out it's not working. Netflix, mm -hmm. HBO, Hulu, Disney, all the, you know, all the major studios. It's just, there's just, it's more content than anybody can watch. And, and they're spending millions of dollars per episode, per hour of TV. And mm -hmm. you just, there's just not enough eyeballs, man. There's not enough time. You can't, there's no way to make, you know, there's no way to money watch off it. That. There's not yeah. enough people or, to yeah. watch it. And, yeah. and I think we might see a shift, you know, where we come back to, you know, maybe like more self contained stories. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think 
it would be a little bit better for the balance of of storytelling to do so. So, but to go back to this film, I just it like kind of warms my heart. I mean, it's almost like, you know, looking back on like something that you wrote when you're 12 and you're like yeah. it's it's so pure and kind of naive and kind of simple, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, "Oh, that's like so sweet and charming. <laughs> There's not a lot of complication and you know, it's but um but yeah, uh, and, and then just to kind of take it to the end, I mean, we, you know, they're shooting it out in the like, in the alien compound, in the, in the skyscraper where they're sending out the signal. And this is, speaks to what you were talking about, where, well, wait a minute, was like Meg Foster's character supposed to be good, bad? We do have kind of an, I, th- I think, an interesting choice from Carpenter where we get an answer to that question pretty darn quick. Yes. Without, yes. without any fanfare, she just no. offs Frank. Off just screen. Off yeah. sc- I mean, yeah, we don't see it, but I mean, we see yeah. enough. We know what's going to happen, but just boom. Yeah. And then, uh, and then of course, not his character is forced to kill her. Mm-hmm. And then he takes out the satellite and he sacrifices himself to do so. And flips the bird. To and and the then aliens. we have <laughs> one of the funniest, like, denouements. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That that little epilogue is fantastic. That epilogue yeah. is so funny. And and yeah. it, there's there's like a quick series of vignettes where okay, the the subliminal, you know, the 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 cover has been ripped off everybody's eyes. Mm-hmm. And so now everybody is seeing the aliens and their messaging as they really exist. And mm-hmm. oh my god, it cracks me up that very last vignette where the where the woman is having sex with the alien and now she can see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and it just cuts to black oh, and it man, just it's cuts so and it's like yeah. i mean and here you can see it's like it's tongue-in-cheek like yes there's carpenter's making a statement about reaganomics and trickle-down economy and uh yuppie materialistic uh way of viewing the world but mm-hmm. it's it's not it's like strangely though it's not this cynical heavy thing it's mm-hmm. honest it's at, at the end of the day it's kind of it's kind of funny like you get the message yeah. but it's funny um mm-hmm. but I, I i just thought i wanted to say something you know uh so i've got the shout factory blu-ray uh release mm-hmm. of this disc and on that disc there is a commentary track between carpenter and piper and i have to say that rowdy rowdy piper comes off as one of the sweetest guys. Now, I don't know anything about his life, you know, but just mm-hmm. in this hour and a half, 90 minutes where he's talking to Carpenter, he is like so sweet and and grateful for Carpenter. And he talks about how Carpenter, you know, Rowdy Piper's not an actor, right? He's a wrestler. And yeah. he, he was just, he kept talking about how much time Carpenter spent helping him with his performance, how much the film meant to him, how much fans loved it. It was like so endearing and sweet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he would just like constantly just compliment, like, but n- not in some weird cynical way. I don't mean to give that impression where he's just trying to kiss the guy's butt or something, uh, you know, and he knows it's going to be on a Blu-ray. Um, but like extremely genuine. And, you know, it really sounds like Piper is this guy like in real life like he is nada in real life yeah. which of course yeah. I'm sure that's why carpenter cast him he knew he wouldn't need to act much right mm-hmm. um but just such a great fit and it was just i i don't really have anything more to say than just i was really taken aback by how endearing and how sweet it was when he was talking about how much carpenter worked with him on the film mm-hmm. um anyway 
it's it's a, I think if if you're shooting if you're shooting to be a director if you are a director, uh, I think working towards a place where your actors think of you in the way that Piper thinks of Carpenter would be probably not a bad goal. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I I was never much into wrestling as a kid. Me either. Me either. Um, yeah. But I did. I remember me, I met um, from I can't remember how I met him, but Bret Hart, who was okay. like another. Uh, wrestler he was from i don't know Canada, that i can place him he, exactly he wrestled but... in the um i don't know if it was the wwf or wwe or what got me but um he, but uh i remember meeting him and he was like super friendly so apparently all these wrestlers are <laughs> quite nice well, guys and, 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 and i and, know that apparently the what's his name um uh uh who's the big guy oh yeah always, what's his name i love um, what's his name he's like probably the most famous oh what's this he's the blonde guy um oh so not the rock because rock is probably the most no, famous no. wrestler ever um, oh, what's uh, he always says brother oh hulk hogan hulk hogan <laughs> hulk hogan, hulk hogan. Yeah. and apparently i've heard that he's pretty nice i don't know i don't but, know either uh, i don't know about hulk i think he had some like a lot of controversy there for a minute I, I don't i'm know. sure i'm sure all these guys probably but there's well, probably I, a section on all of their wikipedias about but, something, here, but here's the thing you know and i just want to add this again it's not like this is an advertisement for rowdy piper and he is mm-hmm. uh he has passed on he's deceased but um but it was also just that you know in the same way that the film feels so um like charmingly naive or innocent in a way instead of cynical and you know like piper was i mean it's just amazing his commentary track how Mm -hmm. you know i I mean it was just i don't know it was kind of just a breath of fresh air and i think today people are so guarded generally they're so calculated you know especially uh anybody in 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 public life but I, i feel like all of us now have kind of gotten to this place where everything is so performative we're on social media we maintain images we maintain you know this polished kind of thing we don't want to be embarrassed or seem you know naive or innocent ourselves and mm-hmm. um it was just like the antithesis of that you know it was like um just really sweet and he kind of he did talk about wrestling and talked about kind of now i'm speaking of getting off on a tangent here um uh, but how how dangerous of a profession that is, how the, mm-hmm. the high the suicide rates are in that industry and some other things. Destroys your body, yeah, yeah. And destroys your body. And so he was kind of, he kind of talked about pulling from a lot of that in the actual role itself, um, which I thought was pretty darn interesting. Um, and, you know, especially for somebody as a non-actor, I'm like, well, those are some pretty good choices, man. That's uh, that's good stuff. I can see that. Mm-hmm. So, anywho. Well, well, and he's got, you know what? He's got a great role on one of my favorite shows. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. You know, um, I, and, I, and so. I haven't seen any of that, but I did hear. Now, was he, like, uh, we'll wrap up here in a second, but was he, like, a guest star for a couple episodes? Yeah, he, he, have, he like, has, he's kind of like a, a recurring, yeah, a little... Very cool. He's a, he's a wrestler on there too, but it's it's like this funny little role that he does. So well, rest great in, show if you rest seen in it. peace. <laughs> rest in peace, Rowdy Rowdy Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. But, yeah, uh, died, yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I guess we'll we'll bring this one to a close. Mm-hmm. Uh, add one more eighties film to our you know notch to our belt. I feel like mm-hmm. the eighties have been highly represented in our movie selection. Um, which, which I, you know, Quentin Tarantino says the eighties was a horrible decade for films. I love mm-hmm. Quentin, but I seriously beg to differ and I hope we're proving a little bit of that. Uh, but yeah, until next time, Colin, I look forward to your selection, everybody out yeah, there. Yeah. Thanks for hanging in there. 
and listening to us debate, not really even debate, just discuss, just yeah. talk about, just share some love for Carpenters They Live. Until next time, everybody, take care. Yep, yeah, bye-bye. Thank you.